हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट फाइव इन इक्वलिटी कास्ट एंड क्लास एंड आवर टॉपिक इज इंटर रिलेशन ऑफ कास्ट एंड क्लास हायरकीज कास्ट एंड क्लास पॉइंट टूवर्ड्स इन इक्वलिटी एंड हायरकी इन बोथ द केस इज हाउर द प्रिंसिपल ऑफ ऑर्गेनाइजेशन डिफर्स द कोर फीचर्स ऑफ कास्ट आर एंडोगैमी और मैरिज विद इन कास्ट ऑक्यूपेशनल डिफ्रेंशिएशन एंड हेरिटेटरी स्पेशलाइजेशन ऑफ ऑक्यूपेशन नोशन ऑफ पॉल्यूशन एंड रिचुअल हायरकी इन विच ब्राह्मीस आर जनरली एट द टॉप class is on the other hand broadly refers to economic basis of ownership or non ownership relation to the means of production but how does caste and class correlate to each other classes are subdivided in terms of types of ownership and control of economic resources and the type of services contributed to the process of production the brahmanical ritual hierarchy of the caste is also not universally applicable and upheld by all in many cases ritual hierarchy is only conceptual the prosperous jats in the north india enjoy social and political dominance without equivalent ritual status in most popular रेडिशन ऑफ कास्ट हायरकी अलोन इज एम्फिसाइज्ड एंड दैट टू फ्रॉम ब्राह्मणिकल पॉइंट ऑफ व्यू समटाइम्स हाउर कास्ट वर्क एज अ डिस्क्रीट कम्युनिटी विदाउट हायरकिकल रिलेशनशिप टू अदर सेगमेंट्स ऑफ सोसाइटी आवर कंसेप्चुअल कैटेगरीज डू नॉट ऑलवेज रिकैप्चर द एग्जिस्टिंग सोशल रियलिटी for instance a conceptual distinction is often made between the sharecroppers and agricultural laborers in actual life however there is a high degree of overlap and they do not constitute discrete identities similar overlap is found in the rentier landlord and cultivator owner categories the picture becomes hazier when we turn to the caste class configuration caste and class resemble each other in certain respects and differ in others caste con- constitute the status group or communities that can be defined in term of ownership of property occupation and lifestyle social owner is closely linked to ritual values in this closed system class positions also tend to be associated with social owner however they are defined more in terms of ownership or non ownership of means of production the classes are much more open and fluid and have scope of individual upward social mobility in caste system only an entire segment can move upward and hence the mobility is much slower
although there is a considerable divergence between the hierarchy of caste and that of the class the top and bottom segment of the class system are largely subsumed under the caste structure the upper caste own means of production land in rural areas and act as rentiers the landless agrarian proletariation consists with the lower caste or dalits who provide the labor services for the rentier upper caste people as well as rich prosperous farmers of intermediate level at the intermediate level articulation of class identities is more complex the process of differentiation of communities dislocates the class relations from the caste structure if caste and class show a fair degree of overlap at the top and bottom level and in some cases appear almost coterminous the picture is quite ambiguous at the intermediate level of the caste hierarchy similarly the processes of modernization especially urbanization acquisition of education and new skills act as the forces of dislocation that punctures the forces of social inertia and modify caste rigidity now let us move to the next point social inequalities development and participatory politics if social inequalities are so deeply entrenched then how do they affect the developmental process and participation of deprived sections of society in a democratic polity this key question has been answered in different ways kothari while analyzing the intrusion of caste into politics and the politics into caste distinguishes three stages in the progression of political modernization after independence in the first stage he says that struggle for the political power was limited to the entrenched and the ascendant caste in the second phase competitions within these castes for power led to factionalism and in the third stage lower castes have been mobilized and are asserting themselves in the political domain in his words it is not politics that gets caste ridden it is the caste that gets politicized with the extension of franchise in the post colonial india each social group and subgroup got mobilized for a share in the developmental process and competed for positions in the state bureaucracy the indian polity is thus governed both by vertical mobilization by the dominant castes and horizontal alliances in the name of jati and varna the political parties exacerbate the existing cleavages in the developing society like india the silence of pre 
moderial ties of kinship, caste and community play significant role in hindering the establishment of civil society. Moreover, there is never a set of chronology of mobilization and political modernization, especially any preordained and unconditional progression along a set of path. In the ruler hinterlands, cleavages of caste and community and articulation of kinship and territorial affinities work against the implementation of a piece of redistributive land reforms. The rich prosperous farmers use the existing social networks in the multi-class agrarian mobilization in the electoral arena to mobilize and harness marginal and small farmers for their own economic interest such as lower taxes. Higher prices for agricultural produce, better subsidies and cheaper credit facilities. So, despite the egalitarian ideals of post-colonial Indian state, there are still disproportionate access to resources, power and entitlement between different social classes and caste. The relationship between the upper and lower caste in the rural areas are still governed by the ideology of caste. According to Andre Batley, professionalization and the specialization of modern service sector in the post-colonial Indian society has increased the role of formal education, technical skills and training family and note the caste plays critical role in the social reproduction of inequality, especially in urban areas. However, it is still a debatable point whether the increasing bureaucratization of professional activities per se enhances the chances of social mobility and equality of opportunities. Although there may be no legal barriers to entry into new occupation, the unequal distribution of life chances, status and power on the ground of birth determine the social and political trajectories that accord positions, ranks and powers to the individuals. The establishment of the formal democracy in itself is not guarantee that all citizens will enjoy equal access and participation in the political processes. Political privileges are retained and ingrained in many non-elective institutions, the civil bureaucracy and the police in particular. They protect the interest of dominant priority classes and the upper castes. The lower caste and classes are not yet sufficiently empowered to shape and mold the political processes or the state's social and economic policies. 
the powerful landed magnets of upper caste in the countryside and the industrial and the business classes of urban rich make use of authoritarian streak inherit in the known elective institutions to deny genuine democratization of polity. The apparent assertion of their rights and mobilizing capacity by backwards and dual caste is used by the crafty politicians to augment their power and wealth. Such mobilization thus serve the interest of a spoils system and a thoroughly corrupt and inefficient bureaucracy instead of art articulating a program of equitable development and social empowerment. Apart from other institutional constraints, the failure of democracy to grant substantive democratic rights and deliver the promise of redistributive justice is rooted in the class and caste based inequalities in India. Dreze found evidence of subtle form of deprivation in the rural areas of the eastern UP in terms of accessibility of the disadvantaged groups to schooling, health services and exclusion of marginal sections of population from effective participation in the political processes. Now let us sum up the unit. The post-colonial state in India accepted the formal principles of equality and social justice in its governance. However, no social entity exists in a vacuum. The functioning of our democratic polity is profoundly and unfairly influenced by the caste and class-based inequalities. The overall balance of forces in the state, especially in the known elective institutions such as judiciary, the police and the bureaucracy inherited from the colonial period continues to be under the domination and hegemony of the principal proprietary classes and the upper caste. The political and public spaces offer little scope for the empowerment of the poor and the lower caste. The violence against the ruler poor, especially the women of lower caste and the suffering of the people living in unhygienic conditions in sprawling slums cannot be captured by the statistical indices while the rich and powerful garner the legal and illegal fruits of developmental process and distribution of resources by the state. The disadvantaged are victims of both the naked and subtle forms of deprivation and discrimination. Now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the unit. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcasts.